difficulty and the reason for this class today uh, and the next few weeks uh, is we have a major problem uh, in that uh, because of what's happened in the media, because of what's happened behind the pulpit, because of what's happened in the church, uh, so many people don't even know what real Christianity is and how it works and the dynamics of it. And so um, I want to read John 3 and move off from this and just maybe take a couple minutes to review and then move on into this week. Uh, uh, There was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews. This man came to Jesus by night and said to him, Rabbi, we know that you are a teacher come from God. No one can do these signs that you do unless God is with him. Jesus answered and said to him, Most assuredly, I say to you, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Nicodemus said to him, How can a man be born when he is old? Can he enter a second time into his mother's womb and be born? Jesus answered, Most assuredly, I say to you, unless one is born of water and the Spirit, capital S, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. That which is born of flesh is flesh. That which is born of the Spirit, capital S, is Spirit, little s. Do not marvel that I said to you, you must be born again. The wind blows where it wishes. You hear the sound of it. Cannot tell where it comes, for where it goes. So is everyone who is born of the Spirit. Nicodemus answered and said to him, how can these things be? Jesus answered and said to him, are you the teacher of Israel and do not know these things? Most assuredly, I say to you, we speak what we know and testify what we have seen, and you do not receive our witness. If I have told you earthly things and you do not believe, how will you believe if I tell you heavenly things? No one has ascended to heaven, but he who has come down from heaven. That is the Son of Man who is in heaven. As Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, even so the Son of Man must be lifted up. That whoever believes, this is kind of what we talked about last week, whoever believes in Him should not perish but have eternal life. For God so loved the world, He gave His only begotten Son, that whoever believes in Him, and and we'll cover that again for a moment, should not perish but have everlasting life. God did not send His Son into the world to condemn the world, but the world through Him might be saved. He who believes in Him is not condemned, but he who does not believe is condemned, condemned already because he has not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. This is the condemnation. Light is come into the world. Men love darkness rather than light because their deeds were evil. Everyone practicing evil hates the light, does not come to the light, lest his deeds should be exposed. But he who does the truth comes to the light that his deeds may be clearly seen that they have been done of God. And so what we're after is what does it mean to be a Christian? Uh, how can you know if you're saved? And uh, what's the spiritual dynamics that tra- transpire in the new birth? And we ask, just because you pray a prayer, does that mean you're converted? And so what should we expect to see If someone says, I'm a Christian, I'm born again, of course I know the Lord. I know what should we expect to see? See, we're not talking perfect, but real Christianity demands change. 
There's a different motivation. There is a new love. It's a new birth. There's a shift in morals. Who are you going to follow? And also, and we talked last week about regeneration thing, but the Holy Spirit takes up residence in the human life. You will have a new nature. That's conversion. And so it's not just turning over a leaf, making resolutions, etc. It's not becoming religious. And we, we gave all these scriptures last week. It's a partaker of His divine nature. And so uh, when we talk about being born again, uh, and someone says, I'm a Christian, I'm a convert, and I, I gave the analogy of um, your neighbor comes over and uh, uh, he says to you, he says, uh, how do you like my new pet? And you say, oh, it, it's, it's, it's wonderful. And uh, he says, isn't this a beautiful canary? And you look at his canary, and the canary has four feet, a tail, and goes wolf-wolf or whatever they go, you know. And uh, you say, you, you know, you're looking, and the canary, what he's saying is the canary starts barking. And you say, hey, that's not a canary, that's a dog. And he says, you're judging. No, I'm looking at the evidence. And so to be born again is a certain type of person. There's characteristics, there's evidence. Canaries don't bark. And I want to add, Christians don't willfully sin. Not that you won't sin. It's not that somewhere in life, you know, we understand all that. But there's qualities that identify people as a child of God. And so in our text, Jesus is talking very clearly uh, what it is to be saved, born again. He takes the time. Nicodemus is a very religious man. Nicodemus would shame you and I by his religious beliefs and practices. But see, we're not just talking about outward calisthenics. See, people all over America today, they'll go to church, they'll sing songs, just like this man, and yet they're not converted and so he doesn't say, you know, you got to go to Mormon classes and all kinds of stuff or just because your parents. Um, but he says, you must be born again. This immediately excludes everyone that's only been born once. He says, there must be a second birth. And we begin to examine this word believes in him. And uh, we went through last week, uh, it comes from uh, two Greek words um, uh, that have the same root. One means faith, one means belief. It's to be persuaded. It's to place confidence. It's to have convictions uh, in what the Lord is saying. In our text, he, he hammers this. He says, if you won't believe what I say about natural things, why will you believe what I have to say about spiritual things? In other words, he says, if you're going to be converted, Nicodemus, you're going to have to believe what I say about the issues of life. Okay? And over and over went through all the scriptures. The Bible talks about the unbelievers or the unbelieving. Jesus used the term himself, believe not, etc. 
And so what it is, a man who believes um, uh, on the Lord Jesus Christ, but this word belief and faith um, is more than just a mental acceptance. Oh, I'm sure I believe in the Lord. But what this word is, it's a belief um, that uh, uh, coupled with repentance and the Holy Spirit taking up residence um, is conversion. There's a conversion And that conversion, we're talking about a moral relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. Your sins are forgiven. That which separated you from God has been forgiven, paid for on the cross by the blood of Jesus. You repented. The blood removed that. It's a miracle. The Holy Spirit takes up residence. Now you have a moral relationship with God. A moral relationship relationship okay and so uh, uh, we kind of work through that and that's kind of uh, it's not just a mechanical thing uh, uh, but it has to do uh, with conversion and so I want to uh, maybe stop just a moment any questions uh, uh, any input we're talking about a supernatural miraculous um, uh, uh, spiritual transformation We're talking about a powerful change of the human heart. Okay, we're talking about conversion. And and we'll we'll work through some of these words, converted. And I want to look at the word this morning, conversion, born again. We talked about last week, you shall become new creations. So I need some uh, scripture, 2 Peter 1.4, Brad, um, uh, Colossians 1.12-14, Israel, Robert, Ephesians 1, 6 and 7. Uh, Ken, Ephesians 1, uh, verse um, uh, 12 and 13. Uh, Robert, Colossians 2, uh, 11 through 13. Uh, <coughs> uh, Keith, Romans 4, 3. Ron, Acts 3, 19. Uh, uh, Echo, Matthew 18, 3. Uh, uh, <laughs> Jason, Mark 4, 12. Uh, uh, Bill, um, uh, what we're laughing about is last week I used the illustration. You said, hey, come ride in my Lexus. And you go outside and, 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 and you see Jason's Echo. And you say, this is not a Lexus. And you, you know, to say things, uh, there's definition. Why do we do that in all of life until it comes to Christianity? See, anybody knows, you know, and I laugh. Stacy and I, we couldn't even get in that echo, hardly. We'd have to knock the front seats out. Um, huh? No, okay. Uh, did I give Mark 4, uh, 12? Did I give that to anybody? You got that, Bill? Uh, Matthew 13, I think it's verse 5. Uh, Fred, uh, uh, 2 Peter 1, 4. Um, uh, Benny, Ephesians 2, 1 through 6. Uh, who will get that for me? Ron, Ephesians 1, uh, t- uh, 2, 1 through 6, um, and then Ephesians 2, 2, 10. I'm getting quite a few scriptures this morning, but I want to hammer this down. Dave, if you get Ephesians uh, 2, 10, uh, Matthew 3, 7, and 8, um, uh, Luis, um, uh, Luke 3, 8, um, uh, Sergio, uh, Luke 3, 8, 2 Corinthians 7, 10, uh, Dave, if you, and so let's look through this. Um, what we're talking about, uh, first of all, and, and we'll work through some things, is partakers 
of His divine nature. Now this involves, as I mentioned, asking forgiveness through the blood of Jesus Christ, okay? Now there's a moral relationship. We're not just talking about a legal transaction, although that's true. Legally there is a transaction. We know uh, uh, scripturally the blood, the cross, uh, sacrifice, all of that. But we're talking about a personal relationship with God. Um, the Holy Spirit is going to take up residence in your human personality. This is going to make the difference. Um, uh, he's going to take up residence. That's why all the scriptures later, led by the Spirit, and you'll not fulfill the lust of the flesh and all, all of these things. Uh, in our text, Jesus said, you must be born again, for that which is born of water is what? Flesh. That which is born of, of, of uh, spirit, um, he says, is this new birth, and that's going to be eternal. And this is critical. Okay, so let's get a few scriptures. Second Peter 1 4. By which have, have been given to us exceedingly great and precious promises, that through these you may be partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in this world through lust. Okay, partakers of the divine nature escape this world and its lust. Okay, his nature is. You're going to partake of His nature. Now, God's nature is going to begin to be infused in your nature by the Holy Spirit and then by choices, and we'll work through some of these things. Colossians 1, 12 through 14. Give thanks unto the Father which hath made us meet or fit to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints in light, who hath delivered us from the power of darkness and hath, has translated us into the kingdom of His dear Son, in whom we have redemption, uh, through his blood, even the forgiveness of sins. Okay, he's talking about redemption. He's talking about partakers. But he says now we've been delivered from the demonic of this world into the kingdom of revelation and light. Remember what he told Nicodemus? Unless you be born again, you can't see. You can't see without light. Got to have light in here to see. This is true of spiritual, of the revelation of God. You must be able to see. When I got saved, uh, things uh, uh, I can remember clearly, it, wasn't, it was more than just um, philosophy. I remember it's like the lights came on. I remember the sun had never been so wonderful. My wife, Connie, had never been so beautiful. Praise the Lord. Amen. And uh, uh, the trees had never been so green. There was that was in. But also, I begin to see people and my conduct, my former conduct. I begin to see it from a different perspective. That's a part of conversion. Okay. Um, did we? Did you get what Ephesians one six through seven? Is that what you did? Colossians one. Okay. Ephesians one six and seven. To the praise of the glory of His grace, by which He made us accepted in the Beloved. In Him we have the redemption through His blood, the forgiveness of sins according to the riches of His grace. Okay, did you finish? Okay, all of this is talking about salvation. It's, it's biblical terminologies of forgiveness, blood, redemption, accepted, all of these. Ephesians 1, 12 and 13.
that we should be to the praise of his glory, who first trusted in Christ, in whom ye also trusted, after that ye heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, in whom also after that ye believed, ye were sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise, which is the earnest of our inheritance until the redemption of the purchased possession unto, unto the praise of his glory. Okay, here twice, unto, should be to the praise of his glory. This is the fruit of... Um, of your trusting and believing is the life you're living unto the praise of His glory. Colossians 2, 11 through 13. In Him you were also circumcised with the circumcision made without hands by putting off the body of the sins of the flesh by the circumcision of Christ, buried with Him in baptism, in which you also were raised with him through faith in the working of God, who raised him from the dead. And you, being dead in your trespasses and under uncircumcision of your flesh, he has made alive together with him, having forgiven you all trespasses. Okay, what's baptism? What's the revelation? Anybody quickly, what's the revelation? When people get baptized, uh, what does that say? George? Okay, that's what he's talking about. Your flesh uh, in conversion, uh, he likens it to the Old Testament circumcision. The the flesh is cut. Uh, Talks about the cutting of the heart. The flesh no longer has the dominion. It's cut. Uh, And water baptism is a picture of the old man. He's submerged. Uh, The old man is submerged. Uh, He's dead and the new man is resurrected. In Christ Jesus. Okay. Uh, Romans 4.3. For what does the scripture say? Abraham believed God and it was accounted to him for righteousness. Okay. You cannot separate this uh, from righteousness. A desire and the empowerment to do right. Okay. I want to talk about the word converted. Uh, what does this word mean to you? When we uh, uh, take equipment uh, uh, into Asia and various places around the world, a lot of times um, uh, we have to have a converter. Uh, Betty, you had your hand up. Changed, okay. Eric? Yeah, I was going to say change, but change to you know, serve a different function. Change to do something different. Okay, in, in these foreign countries, what it is, is they have 220, and uh, most of our stuff is 110, and so if you plug it into one of their outlets, it'll fry the equipment. So we have a converters, that we have, and one of the common mistakes is they forget to use them. And what it is, it's a change. Uh, in the Greek, it means to turn away from sin back to God. To turn around, it means the heart or the nature of man is transformed. See, we're not just talking about planting some flowers over the old sewer. The smell will always come back. We're not just talking, uh, you know, uh, we're talking about a change of nature. The, Peter talked about that. He talked about what backsliding was. It's a pig returning to its own wallow, a dog returning to its own vomit. 
What that is, is the nature of dogs, if you've ever seen a dog, the nature of a dog is to, to do that deed. A pig, you can take a pig out, uh, you can put them in bubble bath and all the things your wife uses, uh, uh, put a beautiful little bow around their neck, um, uh, the manicures are big today, take them down, have their toenails done, but you turn a pig loose uh, and it'll run for the mud hole if there's one within a quarter of a mile because it's their nature. That's what Peter was talking about. But see, what we're talking about is converted means there's a new nature inside. Acts 3.19 Repent ye therefore and be converted that your sins may be blotted out when the times of refreshing shall come from the presence of the Lord. See, these words mean something. Repent and be converted. Turn back to God. Matthew 18, 3. And said, Assuredly, I say to you, unless you are converted and become as little children, you will by no means enter the kingdom of heaven. Okay, Jesus said, you're not going to enter in unless this happens to you. Years in church don't make you converted. Your parents raising you in church. One of the things I uh, try to impart to all the teenagers. There comes a place you have to be converted. You have to be born again. You have to answer an altar call. And many parents, because their kids are raised in church, they don't press for that. But without that, uh, they are not saved. They're not born again. They can have all kinds of religious mentality and etc. But we'll get to that in a minute. There's fruit um, of that. Mark 4.12. Of that seeing that they may see and not perceive, and hearing that they may hear and not understand, lest at any time they should be converted, and their sins should be forgiven them. Okay, when Jesus here is talking about the Pharisees and etc. in parables, but, but one of the statements he makes here is when your sins are genuinely forgiven, we're not talking about a rosary now. We're not talking about uh, some water splashed on your head uh, or praying to, uh, to a statue. We're talking about repentance of sins. Sins are forgiven. A miracle happens. Um, uh, the Holy Spirit takes up residence, bringing the divine nature of God God, and you're changed. You're converted. There's a transformation. Matthew 13, I think it's 5. Fred. Some, some fell on rocky places where it did not have much soil. It sprang up quickly because the soil was shallow. Try 15, Matthew 13, 15. Can't read my own writing. For this, pe for this people's heart has become calloused. They hardly hear the, with their ears, and they have closed their eyes. Otherwise, they might see with their eyes, hear with their ears, understand with their hearts, and turn. I would heal them. Okay, and turn, the old King James says converted, uh, but they, they mean the same. It's, it's an about face. There's a change. If there's no change, you're not converted. Okay, and we have a right to expect change. It's a revolution of the heart. There's a new dimension. 
a new motivation, a new nature. We're talking about change. Uh, let's, um, uh, let's, I did 2 Peter 1, Ephesians 2, 1 through 6. As for you, you were dead in your transgressions and sins, in which you used to live when you followed the ways of this world and of the ruler okay. of the... He's talking about you were dead in your trespasses and sin. You were following the ways of this world. Now what happens? And of the ruler of the kingdom of the air, the spirit who is now at work in those who are disobedient. Okay, you were under the demonic influence. You were disobedient. All of us also lived among them at one time, gratifying the cravings of our sinful nature. Okay, he's talking about the old nature. We're gratifying, we're fulfilling the cravings of our sinful nature. And following its desires and thoughts. Following the old man's desires and thoughts. Like the rest, we were by nature objects of wrath. By nature. See, this old nature, it's wrath, it's angry, it's uh, demonic, it's flesh, it's, uh, it's uh, the present instead of the eternal. It's the world instead of God. Uh, go ahead. But because of His great love for us, God, who is rich in mercy, made us alive with Christ, even, we were, even when we were dead in transgressions. Okay, we're dead in our sin. Conversion makes you alive in Christ. It is by grace you have been saved. And God raised us up with Christ and seated us with Him in the heavenly realms in Christ Jesus. Okay, this is conversion, and we follow this up with verse number 10. Who had that? <clears throat> We are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus unto good works, which God hath before ordained that we should walk in them. Okay, we're his workmanship, created. We're taught all these words, new creation, created in Christ Jesus for good works. If he has saved you and he's created this new nature, this new person, there's going to be some good works. He's not going to create you to look like something that you already were. It's a new creation. All things pass away. We talked about that scripture. Uh, all things become new. This is His creation. You are His creation. He purchased you. Paul later says that. Know you not. You have been bought with a price. Therefore, serve God with your body. Your body's not your own. He purchased you. He owns you. And now He's creating something for good works. <clears throat> John the Baptist, he cries out for fruits of repentance. The evidence of a changed heart. Matthew 3, 7 and 8. <clears throat> but when he saw many of the uh, Pharisees and Sadducees coming to his baptism, he said to them, uh, Blood of vipers, who warn you to flee from the wrath to come. Therefore, bear fruits worthy of repentance. Okay, he says, look, he says, you're going to come to this baptism, and you're going to get baptized, and you're calling on God. He said, you need to bear some fruits worthy of repentance. Fruits of repentance. What's fruits? What Jesus say about fruits and trees and stuff? Huh? said, you'll know a tree by what? Fruit it bears. Okay. Luke 3, 8. Produce f 
fruit in keeping with repentance, and do not begin to say to yourselves, We have Abraham for our father, for I tell you that out of these stones God can raise fruit, uh, raise up children for Abraham. Okay, they're saying, Hey, we're saved, we're right, we're Abraham's seed. He said, Don't say Abraham's your father. He said, I want to see some fruit here. God can raise up seeds and etc. fruit from the dead. 2 Corinthians 7 10. For godly sorrow produces repentance leading to salvation, not to, not to be regretted, but by the sorrow of the word, uh, world produces death. Okay, he's talking about a godly sorrow, a fear of God. God, I'm sorry I'm living this way. Sorry for my sin. True repentance has godly sorrow involved. This produces salvation. I want to give you just a couple of scriptures and, uh, and I'll just uh, ad lib it for you. Zacchaeus. Luke 19, 1 through 10, we won't read that. Uh, Jesus um, made a statement to Zacchaeus. He said, today salvation has come to this house. Why did he say that? Anybody know the story? Eric? Uh, I believe he said it because he, you know, was eager to see Jesus and then he, he repented of his sins. He said, if I did anybody wrong, I'll, I'll restore unto them. Okay, here's a man, he, he said, I'm going to, he, he's, he's a tax collector, he's ripped people off, burned people, and so he says, what did he say, I'm going to give half of my goods to the poor, and if I've wronged anybody, I'm going to repay them, and Jesus said, today salvation is coming to them. How could he say that? Because he saw some dramatic change. Right? Saul's conversion, Acts uh, 9, 1 through 21, 22 and all that. Uh, uh, he was powerfully converted. Uh, he was blinded and all these things. Um, and then uh, one of the things he did, he got up and preached Christ. This man who before, and so let me ask you, you own a car. It's dying beside the road. Uh, I had a few of those and I had a Volkswagen one time was birthed in hell. You got a Volkswagen, God love you. Maybe they're better today, but I had this horrible experience with this Volkswagen. I had more power than it had. <clears throat> you know, I mean, I, mean, I don't know. They, they, they're making their own, but anyway. Black smoke belching out of it, breaking down, no power, leaving you stranded, jerks, all of this stuff. You take it in for a new engine. They're going to put a new engine in this thing. And you get in it to drive off. You drive a block. Black smoke. You're over the side of the road. Is that acceptable? Why then is it acceptable to say we're converted and yet we have no power to live for God act the same way? Fruit. You'll know them by their fruits. Uh, Matthew 7, uh, 16, 17, and 18. Who will get that for me? Matthew 7, uh, Israel. Uh, Matthew 12, 33. Uh, Benny. Luke 6, uh, 44. Uh, Benny. Uh, John uh, 5, uh, 2 through, uh, John 15, 2 through 8. And verse 16. Ken, if you'd get that. And then we're going to open up for some questions here. 
Uh, Matthew 7, 16, 17, and 18. You should know them by their fruits. Do men gather grapes of thorns or figs of thistles? Even so, every good tree brings forth good fruit, but a corrupt tree brings forth evil fruit. A good, a good tree cannot bring forth evil fruit, neither can a corrupt tree bring forth good fruit. Every tree... Oh, that's 18, sorry. Uh, did you get 16, 17, and 18? Yeah, that was it. Okay. What Jesus is saying here, he says, in the natural... Remember what he said, Nicodemus. If you won't believe what I say about the natural... How can you believe what I say about the spiritual? When you look at a tree, a number of things um, is uh, first you identify what kind of tree it is by the fruit it bears. And then you determine is the fruit good or is the fruit bad? But you'll know them by the fruit they bear. What kind of fruit is it? If I didn't know you and I spent a week with you, but I think you're a Christian. Say, I didn't know you. Say, we had no conversation. I just followed you around and watched your behavior for a week at work, at home, marketplace, night. Would I buy your fruits? Say, that's a man, that's a woman of God. Would I see you pray? Would I see you open this book? Would I see you guard your eyes? Would I see where you go? See, we're talking about a new desire, a new motivation, the power of God to do right. Don't tell me you're converted and there's no desire to obey God. Dogs bark because it's their nature. If you're born again, you have a new nature. That means that new nature has desires for God, His kingdom, and what He's doing. When I got saved, I wanted to read the Bible. Nobody had to tell me to read it. I wanted to this day. I wanted to go to church. Nobody had to plead and beg with me to go to church. I wanted to talk about him. I wanted to give to what he was doing. I wanted to lay up money in heaven. Why? Because I was in a new kingdom. I was a citizen, Paul said, of a new kingdom. I'd been born into it. Matthew 12, 33. Did I get that already? Okay. Either make the tree good and his fruit good or else make the tree corrupt or bad and his fruit corrupt for the tree is known by his fruit. Tree's known by its fruit. He's talking about people. If the fruit's bad, it's because the tree's bad. If the fruit's good, it's because the tree's good. Simple. Luke six forty four. For every tree is known by his fruit. For of thorns men do not gather figs, nor of bramble bush gather they grapes. Okay, John fifteen, two through eight, and verse sixteen. Two through eight? Yeah, two verse two through eight, John fifteen, verse two through eight. Every branch in me that beareth not fruit he taketh away, and every branch that beareth fruit he purgeth it, that it may bring forth more fruit. 
Now ye are clean through the word which I have spoken unto you. Abide in me, and I in you. As a branch cannot bear fruit of itself, except it abide in the vine, no more can ye, except ye abide in me. I am the vine, ye are the branches. He that abideth in me, and I in him, the same bringeth forth much fruit. For without me ye can do nothing. If a man abide not in me, he is cast forth as a branch, and is withered. And men gather them, and cast them into the fire, and they are burned. If you abide in me, and my words abide in you, you shall ask what you will, and it shall be done unto you. Here is my fa- herein is my Father glorified, that ye bear much fruit, so shall ye be my disciples. Henceforth I call you not servants, for the servant knoweth not what his Lord doeth, but I have called you friends for all things that I have that I've heard of my Father, I have made known unto you. Okay, here Jesus is talking about, he's talking about the whole dynamic of being in him, being converted, being his divine nature, the vine, he's using them, the grapes, probably maybe even standing looking at a vineyard, uh, the whole analogy, but we're back to the same thing, um, is when you say, I'm saved, I'm converted, I'm born again, I know Christ, um, then there's evidence of that, Amen? So I have here a banana. This is a banana. It's wonderful. I love bananas. Had a little label on it. I peeled it off. I peeled the skin off. Some of the peeling's gone. But this is a banana. Do you believe that? You're judging my banana. How dare you? Why don't you believe it? Would you bet money this is a banana or not? How can you do that? I mean, why? Why can't this be a banana if I want it to be a banana? Why not, George? If AJ was here, she'd agree with her. She's in the nurse. She'd say, this can be anything. We love hot dogs. This can be anything we want it to be. <laughs> but why do we do this everywhere in life? Until it comes to saying, hey, I'm a Christian. And if anybody dares say, where's the fruit? Where's the evidence? Where's the... How can you... You're judging. No love. You don't care. And that's what's killing. That's killing America. Churches are filled with unconverted people. One, they don't give altar calls. I just read again a huge church, Houston, talking 30,000 people, driving me nuts. Uh, uh, It's amazing. The media loves these people. And he said, uh, you'll never hear the word sin or hell from this pulpit. Joel Olstein. His dad would turn over in the grave. You'll never hear the word hell. Well, it's in the Bible. And pe- people, I had someone call me the other day, uh, uh, no longer, you know, involved, uh, call me and said, oh, it's wonderful. 
Well, the reason it's wonderful is this generation, there's a number of things, I, I preached on it um, the other day, but we, we've, we've got no moral fiber where we have to constantly be told how great we are. Every service is how wonderful we are, how great we are. Oh, you're fantastic, you know, you're wonderful, you're gorgeous, you're lovely, uh, you're, you're blessed, uh, uh, on and on and on and on and on. And, but, but what about being converted? What about being converted? See, if you're not concerned about sin, you're not going to be converted because there'll be no godly sorrow. If you're just made to, if you're not living right, you shouldn't feel good in the house of God. It's like Pastor Ortiz talking about uh, when they were back, uh, uh, him and Nicole visiting family. And he testified to that last Sunday school last week that you hear one of the relatives and she's fornicating and yet talking about how the Lord's ordering her steps. She's blessed. She feels God has a purpose for her, maybe in another nation down in the Caribbean. And, and living in sexual sin. Now, there's a reason for that. That wasn't always true in America. I read too much of history. Was not all, but the churches today, see, that's what's promoted. That you can be a, a convert. You can know Jesus. You can be saved and live any way you want. Doesn't matter. I want to tell you, that's a lie from hell. He said, no fornicator. Or adulterer shall enter my kingdom. He classifies. Got it? Two or three minutes. Any input, uh, Luis? Just wanna um, use this example and. Uh, I have an orange tree in my house, and those oranges are so big and so juicy and so sweet. They didn't last. Uh, we ate them all quick. And I couldn't believe my neighbor has another orange tree right across the street, and this tree is full of oranges. And no one touches those oranges. I mean, they're on the ground. And so I go and pick some of those oranges, and, and uh, I took them home. They look so beautiful, just like the ones in my tree. And I got to the house with a bunch of those oranges and peeled one and tried to eat that thing, and it was so sour. Can't even eat that. Was it for, uh, well, I remember when I first came to Arizona years ago, I did that. Uh, down in Phoenix, they were for decoration only, man. They plant them on the street. They look good, and they, I don't know, is that what it was? Is for decoration only. Yeah, they look gorgeous, but man, don't. I mean, it's like uh, your your lips will turn inside out. I don't know if they still plant those or not, but that. See, we're not just for decoration. See, we're not just for decoration. And see, the problem, what I'm saying, is that kind of gospel, Paul said, is addictive. Where all you hear every week is how wonderful and great. And thank God, we are. We're wonderful, we're great. Jesus died for you. That's true. All of that is true. But to say, for a pastor to stand and say, 
My aim every Sunday is for everyone when they leave this building is to feel wonderful about themselves. That's Schulerism. That's that positive uh, Norman Vincent Peale. And to put that under the guise of the gospel. Did Jesus do that? Did everyone, was his aim, for and Paul's aim, everyone who left their presence to feel, oh, I'm wonderful, I'm great. People ought to leave feeling horrible. If they're living in sin and unsaved, not right with God, in rebellion and disobedience, they ought to feel horrible. Jesus said, except you eat my flesh and drink my blood. And they went away by the multitude. He looked at the religious people. He said, you're like a graveyard. The outside's all shiny, but inside you're like dead men's bones. You think they all said, praise God. Oh, man, I feel so wonderful. Thank you, Lord. Man. Oh. But see, the, the church is being flooded with that. And it's driving me crazy because what it's doing, it's sending multitudes to hell. You must be, Jesus said, born again. And that meant something. Means something. And if that's not there, no church, no amount of... You must have that conversion. Doesn't mean you're perfect. Doesn't mean there won't be battles. Doesn't mean there won't be growth. But in, there's a motivation by the Holy Spirit of God. Holy Spirit. I, I, I didn't, I, no one had to tell me about uh, how I dress, language, on and on. Things that I did. No, no one had, I, there was conversion. Conversion. And we must contend for that and must have it. God bless you. Uh, I'll let you go. We'll pick it up. Next week we'll look at the Holy Spirit.